Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast, where we have folks of all different walks of life share any trials and tribulations. Through the sacred art of conversation and storytelling, we seek to open minds, shed light, and make our modern world feel a little less lonely, realizing that we are all connected, one human experience at a time. I'm your host, Aisha Billy. I'd like to welcome you to the show and thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm so stoked to have you here. Happy summer. I know some of the listeners aren't going into summer. I think some of them are going into autumn. Uh, like my Australian pals, but um, most of us are going into summer. It's really fucking hot here. I hope you're going to the beach. I hope you're staying cool, but it's here, y'all, and June, I think, is about to be fucking wild. Anyway, um, this week on the show, I have Tally Sessions, who is a professional actor. I am so lucky to have had him. He drops some serious, serious gems in this episode. He is grounded. He's well accomplished, but he's also grounded. Um, One thing in particular that he said that I, it really resonated with me was he was the same person before Broadway as he was after he booked that gig, you know, the same person the day before and the day after. And it's like we don't need this like stamp of approval of, of, you know, in this country, the highest tier typically of gigging for like musical theater in America is Broadway. And you don't need that stamp of approval for your self-worth or your worth as an artist is what he said. And I just love him for that. He is a graduate from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. He's appeared on several shows. I have the list here. It's um, From the Top. Broadway and Company, Anastasia, War Paint, Falsettos, Paramore, School of Rock, Big Fish, and the House of Blue Leaves. Um, he's also a co-host for the weekly Feel Good Variety Show with Sessions and Josephsburg with fellow Broadway actor David Josephsburg. He also teaches on um, private acting and, lo- and uh, vocal lessons. He is a part of the faculty at the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts. So if you want to find more about him, you can go to www.thetallysessions.com and you can follow him on social media at tallysessions.com. I'm so stoked to have him here. He drops several, several gems. I just feel really lucky. And without further ado, let's just get on into it, folks. Enjoy the show. Hi, Tally. Hi. How the fuck are you? I am so fucking good. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. You're in North Carolina? I'm in North Carolina hanging with my mom for the week. Oh, sweet. Okay, and then you're hopping back to the city, right? I'm I'm hopping back to the big city. Okay, sweet. How have you been? um, A quick little snippet. How have you been work-wise and whatever-wise in the midst of COVID? Because you are a stage actor, so... I'm a stage actor and I, it's been, I think like everyone I made, uh, had to make a huge adjustment. I don't really enjoy the word pivot, you know, uh, because I think a lot of people, um, that implies that you're sort of leaving behind, uh, something that you loved in a way or that you're sort of forced to. And I never thought that, I mean, the theater will come back. I think, uh, as much as you try to kill it, it can't, it won't die, you know? Uh, but it's been 
it's been strange because the be- first beginning of the pandemic, I think we're all like, what the fuck is happening? You know, yeah. it's, it's, we're like in a post-apocalyptic movie. And then at least for those of us who are, were in industries that were completely decimated, uh, like live theater, initially the, uh, you know, um, people that work in the restaurant industry that were um, uh, waiters and waitresses or hosts and hostesses or bartenders, you know, you couldn't work for weeks, at least in New York. Uh, but with theater, it just, some. It's, I think the phrase is we were, we were first to shut down and last to come back, you know, because it feel, felt like we were being prioritized, that we're not being prioritized. Um, and the thing is, I mean, actors are actors, whether you work on the stage or on film and television, or you can sort of go between. And I think what at least people in government that are responsible about financing don't understand is all this, all everyone that like when you were stuck in your apartment in your home watching Netflix and Disney Plus, those are all arts workers. And it's not just actors, you know, it's crew, it's it, it's the, the designers, it's the people, Absolutely. you know, the, the gaffers, the sound engineers, the lighting designers, the people that work in craft services, like all those people were out of work. And specifically with stage, I, I can just personally, I was like, it's been such a part of my life for so long. And to have that taken away and especially as time went on like zoom is great like doing zoom concerts and zoom readings but there is a specific kind of energy and alchemy that happens on the stage with another human and the audience is a character too and to be um to have that sort of just completely excised out of our lives for more than a year has been quite an adjustment i just it's, it wasn't staged, but I just um, shot a very brief um, part, a, a small role on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it was the first time that I have stood in front of another human and pretended to be a character and said lines and, you know, uh, had an objective and whatever in over a year, which is, that, that hasn't happened in decades. Um, so it's just an adjustment, but I'm a... Um, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm an optimistic person, and I believe that I'm very much pro-vaccine. I want everyone to get vaccinated, and that's the only way that the theater can really come back because the financial model uh, across the country, and it's not Broadway's not the only theater. You know, there's major regional theaters, community theaters. You know, like uh, all around the country, it can only come back when, at least, uh, certainly, at least on Broadway, when the theaters can be full and strangers can sit next to each other and feel safe. You know, it's this, we can't, it, uh, you can't run a show at 33% or 50%. It has to be 70% and up. So, uh, you know, it seems like that there's, uh, there's been a lot of headway recently. I feel like we're getting closer, but you know, it's, it's this weird in between of like, we got to be patient, but also be, be on our front foot, like searching and like, how do we solve this? How do we solve this? Let's figure it out. And that's about collaboration. You know, that's about being transparent. The actors' equity needs to be transparent. Um, all the unions, the government, the local government, federally, we just all got to work together. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate, like, just few things that you said there, like, the um, instead of adjusting, instead of pivot, like that is something that I feel like a lot of people in the performing arts can kind of take away right now where it's like, I think it is possible that a lot of us got very clouded this year 
of like, should Absolutely. I, should I just leave this industry? You yeah. know, cause I have a pal, I mean, I identify, you know, obviously more as a dancer and that totally went through my mind. I had a moment the other day in the car where I was like, do I just, am I saying bye to this? And I was like, no, I'll always be a dancer. And like, and it, it just dawned upon me how clouded like my judgment was, but I have another pal who is a professional actor and he was like, this was more in the beginning of the pandemic when we were talking and he was just like, I can't fathom how much unfavored like we are as artists, like in the society, it's, it's so obvious now. I yes. guess and there, this was yeah. like before uh, all the assistance with um unemployment and stuff like that. I mean, favored more from like a, being covered in unemployment um, way, which I know like a lot of folks who are on Broadway do qualify, but I think he was telling me like he didn't qualify with whatever gigs that he was working on. And he is a part of Actors' Equity as well. Well, there's two, I, I sort of have two points about that. Uh, the, the, the first thing is, or two responses, I should say. The first thing is, you know, I and actually wrote a post uh, about this the other day on Instagram and Facebook. My Ten, uh, on April 4th was 10 years since I made my Broadway debut. And I was always one of these people that was like, uh, oh God, wh when am I going to be on Broadway? You know, I felt like, you know, not talented enough, not pretty enough, not, not in the club, not cool enough. And then I was, and it was great. You know, I felt validated. What I really, really, what I realized was like, that's not validation. You know, that's just one other thing. It's a phenomenon. It's a magical thing. And, but it doesn't, a person that is not hasn't been on Broadway or a dancer or a designer or a director, a choreographer, um, or a PA who hasn't worked on Broadway or done a major motion picture or a major television series, their artistry is not invalidated. They're artists simply because they're artists, you know. And that's the difference between a lot of professions is that that feeds our soul. So like the so that that's sort of a a, a societal problem is that like the whatever the like coolest thing is like in, in theater it's broadway in america right, like you yeah. haven't done that people go oh you know and if that doesn't invalidate you people on broadway are no uh better than someone that's like been working regionally or in, like, been in dance companies all the time or you know uh and the other thing is socially just in terms of arts workers in general our society in america is constantly in a state of diminishment, you know, the like, I, I can tell you, like, I remember specifically being on a plane somewhere, going to a job, looking at my script and highlighting lines and making notes. And the person sitting next to me uh, said, Hey, what's that? And I said, Oh, I'm an actor. And, uh, and this was before I was on Broadway. And he said, Oh, like Broadway is like, yeah, but I haven't been on Broadway. And then he looked at me and goes, well, so what do you do for work? I was like, well, that's what I do. But, but, our society has been conditioned to um, view the arts as uh, as a hobby, yeah. as opposed to, and people like myself and you and so many of our friends and colleagues have trained and sweat and bled and cried for, for to be the best at, 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 that we can possibly be in our chosen craft. And um, because we, we die for it, you know, it's that's, that's, and totally. that's what it, I think, I think in the, in the pandemic, that's honestly, it's felt like a death in some way. And like slowly, but surely we feel like we're closer to getting a heartbeat back, you know? Um, totally. Yeah. That constant diminishing of the arts. It's like in my previous 
episode I was talking about internalized capitalism and I feel like a lot of what you just said is internalized capitalism. It's like, oh, so what do you do for work? Like, you know, because mm-hmm. we're so conditioned to equating our um, worth to our jobs and it's like, I can only imagine how it felt like this was a while ago, clearly that airplane conversation because it was before. Oh yeah. Over 10 years. Well, over it, 10 years. exactly. It was well over 10 years. So, you know, you were a little bit more like to in the beginning of your career or whatever. It was before you were as established as you yeah. feel now. Yeah. And or as, like, or as I'm viewed or as yeah. I'm, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like how I feel. And, and I did feel established once I was on Broadway. Uh, and I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I, it, I said this before, I was no more talented the day I got my first Broadway show than I was the day before. I was in the right place, right time. Totally. You know, with the right thank person. You, look. Thank you for sharing that. Like, for real. Thanks for saying oh, that. Oh, sure. Of course. And that's true I, of everyone. That's true of, it's just not, it's not a rubber stamp of approval, you know, because, because what it implies is that other people have the power to validate us. Mm. We're worthy now, no matter what other people say. I teach a lot. I teach uh, acting and audition technique and singing. And I tell my students that, uh, and I learned this from a really uh, wonderful actor and teacher named Michael Kostroff. He teaches this workshop about auditioning. And it's like, it's not about the minute you go as an actor. And I think that's true of a lot of uh, professions. But the minute that you go, I have to be result oriented. Like I have to book the job. And that is where I place my value and my worth. You're fucked. Yeah. The value and the worth comes from the process. How hard did you work? How much did you prepare? And did all that work leave you free to be adaptable and easy and yourself in the room? You know, could you show yourself? That's the victory. I mean, we all got to pay rent and eat, you know, but like, because it's sort of, and I didn't make this up, but it's like, and this is true of, I think of any interview process, you might not have booked the job, but did you book the room? Meaning those people are going to keep working. There are other jobs going to happen. Are you someone that are like, that person has something, they have a spark, they have authenticity, they seem kind. And those are the things that you, those are the only two things that you can control, I believe, in life, how hard you work and how kind you are, how you treat people. Everything else, someone, whether you're interviewing to be a CEO or to be a, 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 you're auditioning to be a dancer in a Broadway show or in Branson, Missouri or wherever, you can walk in and that person could have had a bad day. Yeah. You could look like their ex. They could have just gotten a bad phone call. They could be in an argument with another member of the creative team or in the office. That's not, you can't control that. You can do your best, you know? Can I ask you, have you ever seen La La Land? Oh, yeah. What are you, Do you feel like that movie was very, like, extremely moving for me, and it moves me, like, to tears every time I watch it? Sometimes I avoid it because the ending is just a little too painful. But do you feel <laughs> like that was not, I don't want to give any spoilers, not like the ending ending, but her, uh, Emma Stone, her character's experience auditioning in L.A.? Do you feel like that was an accurate depiction? How like she would be like, yes. I'm sick of getting cut off because someone wants to, uh, you know, order a sandwich or they stop listening to me and they pick up their phone or yes. something like that. Yeah. Yes. I, I think yeah. that it can be that. I think it can be that. Um, 
But that again goes back to that point of diminishment, you know, looking at you as a commodity. And listen, people are going to say, play the game, you know, don't, don't rock the boat because like if it, that could piss a lot of people off because it's inhumane to treat. And it, I mean, it's just basically fucking rude to do that, whatever it is. Uh, but people are going to, a lot of people are going to say, no, but don't rock the boat, play the, play the game so that you can keep staying in the business so you don't get blacklisted, you know, but, and there's a difference between like being really prideful, like in a bad way versus standing up uh, for yourself. And so I could tell you, I do remember like someone like once in an audition, like someone maybe answering a phone call or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just stopped and I said, I'll wait. I'll wait. You know, it's cool. Like you do your thing, but I'll wait. Wow. And then, and and and, and, and I didn't get that job, but, but, and I wasn't, I wasn't mean about it. I was like, totally fine. Like take FOCO. I'll wait. And then I'll start over, you know, but the, that is a, I think that that in La La Land, that is too often. And it, it, it makes total sense why that was felt painful because I mean, we could do a deep dive here. Like it's how people view actors as, as, as uh, disposable. It's how people view in women, you know, how they yeah. treat women differently than men socially, but in, certainly in our business and God willing that it's slowly, but surely changing. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, I think that that's super accurate and what you can do say like, everyone's got their own choice and their own temperament. You can go, that's not going to bother me right now. You know, I mean, I don't even know that the, what I did that one time was accurate because it wasn't the first time that someone's phone rang or someone was like, not even looking at me or like looking at their computer and you never know, you know, we also have these ideas of how people are, should, should be invested in us. They should be looking at us. They should be, our, their attention should be wrapped, you know, like, because, because we're giving the goods. I'm, I'm ripping my heart out you know? yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, or singing my face off or like, you know, really like pursuing, I mean, like I'm giving you everything and you're not paying attention or it can feel that way. Um, but uh, in the end, I just think you got to be like, I did my job. I'm proud of me. The rest, you give it up to a higher power or the universe or just hopefully they, they saw it. You know, I mean, that's it. But, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. And you just, you just, it's, there are, I think there are little flashpoints in life where you go, like, that's not okay. I'm not going to take that. Totally, yeah. And I, and I feel like that is, like, to, to wrap that, it's, like, you, I hope you listening out there, you have standards as like a human, like had at least yep. be treated as a fucking human. And again, it's like, yeah. we, we do have those expectations of like, their attention should be fucking wrapped on us. And you know, it's, it's just, it's funny you say that. Cause in my mind, I'm like, yeah, well no shit. But in, in reality, they're seeing person after person after person after person where like, maybe they're getting fried. Maybe they're not even an asshole and they're actually just getting fucking fried doing their job too. Like there's all of these different, you know, but I do think that they're, always comes a line of just human decency and to me that's a non-negotiable it's non-negotiable and it's a hard line that's it it's just a hard line and there's no crossing it it. that's Um, it but you know i I have to say this like just i i I, want to 
move on to whatever else you want to talk about. But I, I will say, yeah, they're getting fried, but they're sitting behind a table. Yeah. And people have been given 40 pages of sides and three songs or monologues to learn within 24 hours. And they come in and they fucking crush it, you know? And I'm sorry, but like someone didn't get your Starbucks order right. So you're going to treat somebody like a, like a, like a peon or that implied with me. Yeah, definitely. And thanks for checking me. Cause it's like, I don't know that it, it's like you're given all of those things in 24 hours and it. Well, no, I know I'm not checking you. And sometimes people are, people respect you and they're like, here's like uh, two pages of sides and you know, this much of a song, but sometimes casting offices because they're trying to do their job are like, Oh God, you know, and you never know how things happen. Like you didn't get the audition at first, but then someone dropped out. So they have a slot and they want to fill it and they give it to you. And that's what I called you 24 hours ago. Still not okay, but, um, uh, you know, I, I just think that, like, performers, I wanna, I'm going to offer a caveat because it's not like performers, performers are no better than any kind of crew member or, or, or uh, spot op or a box office person. But in terms of how we have to interview our, our, our auditions, often it's like, you got this much time and you're expected to be Laurence Olivier, you know, it, you know, in a very little amount of time. And you want to be, that's it too. It's like, you want to be great. People want to be great. No one ever goes in and says, I really hope I suck. <laughs> yeah. Let me you know? this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, um, my film professor, like put in, when I was in college, put into perspective so well what actors do in a nutshell. And tell me if you agree. He was like, what actors do is perform under highly, highly unnatural circumstances, acting as if it's completely natural. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's so, like, he worded that a little bit better than I did, but he, he put it so well. He was like... I mean, yeah. You know, you, like in the film, on the screen, you know, this obviously isn't stage, but like on the screen and on the stage, like it's supposed to be like, you know, let's say you're playing the role of like a dad talking to the daughter and it's supposed to be like this natural father daughter talk. Meanwhile, you have people. Sorry. Yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you really you really aged me up. But cool. It's cool. I'm not trying to age you up. I just mean like I don't know, like like I'm I kidding, thought. I'm kidding, I'm okay, kidding. I was thinking of something intimate, like a like a nice little father daughter, like warm, fuzzy, like yeah. thing. But there's like lighting on you, and people are watching, and you, and when it, you're doing stage acting, you can actually hear them. You know, it's different yeah. than like a film. They're there. I think it's a, I think it's actually, I think it's actually technically harder on on a film set because there's people moving around you at least you sort of are trained to block out uh, the audience you're still ear is sort of open especially in a comedy or whatever you know but on film you just there's so much happening around there's so many people there's so many lights that feels unnatural to me yet you're supposed to be the most natural but the way that that i think that just happens through repetition you know an experience like where that it feels natural yeah that's our job and your your professor is absolutely accurate I also think audition. He's talking about like, so high stress is like auditioning too. That's really what our job is. And then mm -hmm. we get a then we get a job where we actually get paid. And but auditioning is the worst way to see if someone can act. Tell me more about that. Because it's not 
about it is not uh, um, is not applicable to the actual process. Mm. So the process about is about research and and trying things and being present and adapting to new stuff. And uh, I mean, it's the only way to do it. It's the only way to do it. I'm just saying, like, if time were not a construct, uh, you would just have someone play the role and see what they did. You know what I'm saying? They play the role from start to finish. Because there's a lot of people that are great auditioners and they are terrible fucking actors. You know? That's really interesting. Where do you think the dissonance is between auditioning well and the acting being poor? Like, I know you said the process because, is different, but... Yeah, I think, I think a lot of auditioning is charming people. Yeah. Like, the action is to charm people, but then how deep can you go, you know? How totally. complex, how specific can you get? Because... Uh, a lot of people that walk in are like, yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't taken this course, but there's a, a, a there's a television um, and film acting course that a, a very well-known teacher in New York, Bob Krakauer, teaches, and he was like, I, he's, I, I, my friend of mine took it, and he said, you know, he was telling us, like, he's like, you guys are like, oh, like, you, you actors, like, come in, you're emoting, and like, you know, and he said, and the reason that models people that are traditional models are so good initially is because they know how to fuck the camera. Yeah. Like you don't know how to fuck the camera and which is, which is skill, you know, they're not good actors, but they know how, what angles look good on camera. And sometimes that's different. You know, someone knows how to dress, someone knows how to charm. Sometimes people charm and then they do the material and they, the, the creative team forgets that the material, uh, the execution of the material was mediocre at best. And they're just like, great. He's so they were so fun. They're not interesting. It's like watching, you know, cardboard act, but like uh, they were so charming or so burnished, you know, but blah, 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 blah. The thing is, there's no science. Uh, there's it's everyone's different. I just I always say, like, have the courage to be yourself, work hard and be kind. That's really all it is. Do and you then have, let the chips fall with the man. Do you have any like audition nightmare stories or like an audition like cringe moment? Well, I will say with all humility that I'm a pretty good auditioner. Okay. Like I work, I work really hard, and I have a lot. Of, I have, I bring a lot of ease into the room. But yeah, I mean, I mean, especially in singing, I've cracked, you know, a lot, and that's always embarrassing, even though that's just the voice doing. Could be tired or whatever. Um, I don't have any like. I mean, I'm not a dancer, and I've had to do some dance auditions, which have been pretty embarrassing. Uh, because it's a component, you know, back in the day, there used to be like a dancing chorus, there'd be the principals and a dancing chorus and a singing chorus when there could be like 50 people in a Broadway show, like, wait, like in the, in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. And now everyone has to be a triple threat, you know, Definitely. or a quadruple threat. Like, do you tumble? Do you juggle? Do you like, do you, you know, fire? You know, you know, what's interesting about that? Like I've noticed that that what you just said, the principle of like, not the principle, the concept of like, now everyone has to be a triple threat. The standards have gotten even higher. That is something that I have seen across all disciplines. So for example, like cheerleading, I wasn't a competitive cheerleader. I danced in high school, but I, a lot of the girls who would be on the dance team, they were cheerleaders in the fall and winter. And so I knew a lot of them and I talked to some of them today and they're like, you know, the stunts now done in high school levels were collegiate stunts. 
when we were in high school. But now those collegiate stunts are being done in high school and the collegiate stunts themselves, the standards are even higher. I mean, and, it's insane. Like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead, please. No, it's just, it's the same with like dance too. Like I just, if you watch something like, for example, like Dirty Dancing, there, or even rap, like rap in 80s, was like nursery rhymes where rap now mm. is like as compiled as many words compiled in a short like quantitatively more in the same amount of time than a rap song yeah. was in the 80s and in my mind I'm like things the standards are just getting higher and higher and higher so it's interesting hearing that I used to hear like oh a movement call was just a movement call where now it's full-blown dance Oh yeah, that's that's just that you know they're 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 totally like obfuscating. You know they're like they they do it like a movement call because I was like, if someone says you have to come in for a movement call like a movement callback after I've sung and 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 read sides, I'm like now I'm like, is it really movement, or is it dance? Because I'm not going to I don't want to go to a dance call anymore. And the, the older I get, I'm like me, yeah, I don't want to do that, which <laughs> is which which is a which is a a gift. Uh, that's born of like experience, you know, like I'm, I still need to work, but there's sometimes that I just go, Oh, I don't want to do that anymore. As opposed to when I was 22 and I was like, I'll do anything, you know? Um, but yeah. So, I mean, a lot of my horror stories have been, I remember I was doing summer stock and, um, I'd gotten called back for, uh, I'd auditioned for Thoroughly Modern Millie when it was on Broadway to cover the two men and be in the ensemble. But she had to dance and I wasn't really a dancer. I wasn't a dancer. I'm not a dancer. Um, but I, so I was in Summerstock in deep New Hampshire and I got a call back and they said, you have a final call back. So I had to like drive, there was no airport nearby I had to drive six hours to the city barely slept next morning sang and, and read and it was all good and then I had to dance and they were like oh it's the least amount of dancing in the show for this track but it was like the opening combo which was very difficult and I'm just sweating and like not getting it correctly at all people are crushing it around me and then we finished that combo and someone says okay get your tap shoes and I was like I'm sorry what like I didn't have tap shoes. I didn't tap. And so I was just like, I literally went to the casting director. I was like, I'm going to go. I was like, what? No, you're doing great. I was like, no, I'm going to go. I really appreciate it. But this is feels like this is not for me. Um, and uh, yeah. And the only thing, like, I can't really think of like horror stories uh, other than people looking, at, you know, looking at you. Like I can think of one director who I won't name. who's uh, pretty, um, pretty uh well known in in uh, in the broadway circles who just looked at me like i every time i auditioned for them looked at me like i'm from another planet and i think they look at a lot of people like that but i was just like like i what what's happening right now um but again it's just like not getting in your head so i haven't had that many i'm sure i'll think of one later when we're when we're done um, yeah, definitely. But, uh, I totally put I want, you on the spot. I totally could have told no, no, you. Like, I, I, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I can't. I, I'm, but I don't. I'm, I think I'm lucky in that way. Yeah. Um, uh, but I did. 
I want to really quickly circle about you mentioned dirty dancing and it's just because like that was one of the reasons why I wanted to be a performer oh my god and I used to like my family we always sort of like got everything sort of like after everyone you know like like we got video games after everyone in my school had them like a year later we got cable like a year and I remember uh this was <laughs> back in the day where there was no DVR you know I was a little kid and I don't even think we had a VCR yet but Dirty Dancing would come on and we finally got HBO and I loved it so much that I would set my alarm it would be on at 3:27 a.m. Mm. And I would set my alarm and and uh, uh, watch it, and I, my parents would find me asleep in front of the TV. Like, and I thought I was like, oh, I can be like Patrick Swayze, but it's just because I liked the part where he like like he he like moved his pelvis or moved his hips. So he just did it. And I was like, oh, I can do that. I can move my pelvis. That's dancing. <laughs> Whereas actually, he was like an incredibly trained dancer. Um, totally. But I loved it. Like it, it really um, it inspired me in some way. Well, it's, I love, I feel like the dancing in that film is so, and I don't say this to knock the training, it's so darling, like, there's something about mm. it that is just so fucking darling, and it's like. It's also just kids in the cat skills, like, yeah, having fun, and, and, yeah. and, and loving what they're doing, and probably making no money, and, 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 and falling in love with someone for two months, and hooking up, you know, I mean, like, and. Like it's it, there's something very magical about that story and, and innocent at the same time, or like about uh, lost innocence, you know, and sort of in this in this uh, in this world where there's arts, you know. But even then, you can feel like you can tell, and that's why I think the film is so beloved. It's like they love it. I mean, they're acting like they love it anyway. Like you tell how much these kids love it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, I think, what is so darling to me is, like, it's so evident how much they love it. And even though, like, there was training, of course, it's not, like, ultra, ultra, ultra technical. Like, there's such a funness to it. There's such a looseness to it. Like, I don't know, there was a lot of soul in that film. And it's, like, there's a nostalgia about it now. And not because it, it was from the era that it was from. There's a nostalgia about it, which I guess is coupled with that that I don't really see dance like that anymore. I really don't. No, you, I mean, you wouldn't unless it were a period piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just something that I think about where it's like, and and I don't know how this has affected the acting community, but like YouTube has affected the dance community in a way where it literally changed class. Like class used to be you go in, like mm -hmm. dance class, you go in, you train, you leave. And now a lot of dance classes are very much like an audition because there's filming at the end. And a lot of times those videos can get millions of views. Wow. Yeah. Like no joke. And when I was in Thailand in 2017, I took a month to just train in Bangkok. I was backpacking Southeast Asia. I just finished like college. <laughs> I just finished college and I just finished my internship at Mark Fisher Fitness and um, bless them. They like offered me a job and I was like, I'm going to go to Thailand for a little bit. Obviously, I ended up coming back and, and taking the gig because um, Steph Wilbur Ding left and a full time position opened up. But while I was in Thailand, um, I was like, I'm going to take a month to just train in Bangkok and because there's really good studios there. 
and um, there's an array of different type of studios. So I was just morning, midday, like it was a month of intensive training. Dancing, I, you mean? Da dancing. Yeah, dancing. Yep. And I was talking to like some of the choreographers and stuff. And I think the dance community has come a far way since this time. But in 2014, 15, 16, 17, it was when dance videos were blowing up on YouTube. And I mean, millions and millions and millions of hits. I'm mm. not exaggerating. And I was remember I was talking to a dance teacher and she was like, YouTube, and I'm, I don't want to trash YouTube because I love it. And I love that I could do something and I could just put it out there for the world to see. The other end of that sword was this. She was like, it completely ruined some of my students. They absolutely quit. They can't stop comparing themselves or in this compare, um, comparative trap. They were like, it's just completely ruined the craft for them. And right. I identified with that too, because it's tough when, you know, I, so I was 22 and I was training and then it's hard when you see 16 year olds, 17 year olds, 14 year olds, video after video after video. And they're just miles ahead of you. And you're like, fuck, like, is there even room for me in this? Like you really start getting in your head or not. I'm going to say two things about that. Yeah, sure. Comparison is the thief of joy. It is. Yes. And they're not miles ahead of you. They're where they are. And you're where you are. Yeah. They're not my, they are where they are. I mean, like, it's sort of like going, um, I remember talking to Mark Fisher about this, about like, you know, uh, different body types, like how you, you know, like, and no matter how much, even when you're like ectomorphs and, 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 and people that are just naturally muscular, you know, or naturally lean and put on muscle and they can eat a whole pizza and it doesn't, their metabolism, it just doesn't show for some reason. Totally. Whereas someone like me, like I'm a bigger guy, but in order for me to be lean, I pretty much just have to eat, be constantly in a deficit and eating protein and veggies and fruits. And that's it, you know, like, but, but I was just like, why can't I look like that? Cause my biology's different. Yeah, you know? totally. Why can't, why can't I sing, you know, uh, someone, I, again, I go back to teaching cause I think teaching, it's so interesting. Teaching teaches the teacher so much. Totally. Like if, if, yeah. if, 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 if you're, if you're really, if you really choose to get away from your ego and be in tune, like I have all these kids, especially in musical theater, I think this happens a lot, but I'm sure it happens in dance too. It's like, well, I want to do it like this, you know, like this person. And I was like, no, 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 my God, no. I was like, I don't care how, let, let me, let me think of like, I don't care how, uh, it's not that I don't care. But like I how don't, flexible. Yeah, yeah, like how 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 I don't want to see you sing it like Kristen Chenoweth or perform it like Kristen Chenoweth or uh or or uh dance it um like uh Missy Copeland. You know, I wanna see you, your version. I want them I wanna see you come through the prism of that material, whether it's text or song or choreography or spoken word, like whatever it is, you know, uh, visual arts, like, like that's, that's the stuff, you know, it's like how, cause one thing, one thing I say and I, and I, to them and I, and I, I believe this is like the greatest, coolest thing about being an artist is no one will ever 
get to perform it like you. Ever, ever. No one. You're the only one in the world who could dance this piece like this, who could sing it like this, who was interpreting this, this, this character like this. You're the only one. And there is power and joy and celebration in that. So, so yeah, there are things you go, you can have people that you admire and say, I wonder, and there's things you can learn from people. But so in that way, like if you're looking at saying and going like, and this is a hard thing to adapt, you know, to, to adopt, I should say, when you let like these young, young dancers who are looking at, on YouTube at all these dancers and they're going, oh, they're so far ahead of me. So it's like, as opposed to going like judging yourself, and this is difficult, especially for a young person, because their brains are still forming, you know, and, and they're dealing with a lot, the age of social media. Uh, get, what if you got curious about it? Like, what is this teaching me? How could I be better? How could I learn from this person? You know, as opposed yeah. to, oh, they're so much further ahead of me. And then your body matures and something clicks in and the next, you know, in the next year, you make a huge leap because you get stronger or, you know, yeah. and it's, time. it's funny because it's like no one's immune to the laws of science. Like if you're training, you will get better. You know, mm -hmm. like if you're practicing, you will get better. That's how learning works. It's over practice. And I think that you just hit the biggest nail on the head. It's like the two subsets of people where like one or like whatever, I'm just crudely saying this. One group is like, comparing I want to do it like them like them like them like them and they're putting setting themselves up for constant failure because they're not mm -hmm. that person but they're constantly right. trying to be that person and there's another subset of people who are like I'm gonna do it the way I do it and people gravitate towards that authenticity and it's just yeah. this this trap that I feel like a lot of us do fall into where we're like how can I do it like they do it or that comparison trap and it's just it's so sobering for me to hear you say these things because you know I'll just say it like you have experienced successes and I'm not just referring to Broadway you have done what I think a lot of artists do you were able to live off your craft you know and it's that to me is success and totally I mean I mean I mean and and, and I'm super grateful and um uh yeah, keep going, keep going. I Just want to hear he more about it. Hearing it from someone like you is so validating. I feel like you're kind of a gem because I think that there is a lot of like power hunger sometimes like within the industry where it's like, I know more than you do or I have more connect. Like, it, you know, if you were like referring to the director who would look at you like you're from another planet, it's just when I hear that, I'm like, why? Like you can have people audition for you and, and not do that easily. You can smile. You can also you know, and, smile. And I don't, and I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean in the really like terrible, misogynistic, patriarchal, like, uh, you know, douchebags as a woman going on walks by saying you should smile more. I'm saying smiling goes a long way, like yeah. being inviting to people. But you, I, I think that you're so right. Like the authenticity is all like people want to see that they want yeah. you. They want you to be the answer to their problems in so many ways. If they're auditioning for something, like, honestly, they they want you to be like, hey, I'm looking for a new friend or I'm looking for a partner, you know, like, like that's what we look for in life or like uh, people respond to authenticity, go, yeah, I want to spend more time with you. In the end, that's what it is. I want to spend more time with you, whatever, the, whatever the, the, 
whatever the sort of like structure is, whether it's social or work or artistic, it's still like, do I want to spend time with this person? Totally. You know, and that's, and more often than not, I will, I bet everything I have uh, that people respond to authenticity. Can I share people with who you know who they are. one of my favorite audition stories ever? Like I would love it. Probably my favorite. It's Kyle Post's, um, and I hope I don't butcher this because then he'll he won't come for my neck. He's super kind. But okay, so it was during his audition for Kinky Boots, which he mm-hmm. got. Mm-hmm. He said that he went to a movement call, and it was not really movement. It was like tri- like multiple turns into splits and shit. Yeah, and he said I knew that I couldn't do, I think it was a double pirouette into a middle split. And he was like, I knew I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So I grabbed my bag and I just head for the door. And it was kind of like that, like, you know, this isn't for me. And then he, I guess he had like a God moment and he was like, I just, before I left, I just took a piece of gum. I started chewing it and I got back in there. And he goes, when the time came for the double pirouette into the split, I did the pirouette. Everyone else went down for the split. And I started twirling my gum in my fingers. And I said, work it, bitches. Or he said, work it, honey. Yeah. And he he got the gig. And I just never forget that story. And you know what's cool about that? I I, I don't know Kyle well, but I've known him since he was in college. And uh, what's so cool about that is the fact that he was about to leave. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. He was looking around going, I can't do this. Then no, I have something to say. The victory again is that he trusted himself to make that choice. Not that he booked the job, but he trusted himself. He owned his, himself, his authenticity. Like he did what he could do. The job is gravy, and he, but it happened because he was authentic, yeah. and also because he's ridiculously talented. Yeah. But, uh, um, but you know, like, like I love that. I, 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 um, I'm, you know, you're not always gonna. Some, and sometimes even that choice might not pay off. Because someone's like, I need six people that can do a double pirouette to a split, you know, but maybe they not because the way that you construct a show, at least if we're talking about, you know, theater is like it's a bunch of different puzzle pieces, you know, not everyone has to be the same. And if they are, honestly, if they are, it's 42nd street and that's cool. Or it's the Rockette, which is cool. Like that uniformity, like that's the kind of skill it takes to be in, in so in sync with people. But most of the time it's about individual individuals that are coalescing to create something better than ourselves. Totally. You know? Absolutely. Which I think a lot of magic lies in that. Like in my oh opinion. Oh my God. It, yeah. It's, it, it's a preference thing, but that's why I feel like I've always gravitated towards like independent film rather than like, I mean, I love Hollywood productions too and mainstream productions, but I remember like when I first watched Moonlight and I, you know. <clears throat> oh, so good. I analyzed it for my film class and it's like, <clears throat> excuse me. How many times, like, in the mainstream would you see, like, to get graphic for a second, like, male ejaculate in a film? Like, you saw that in the in Moonlight, or you saw two men of color having feelings for each other. Like, you saw that in Moonlight, and I feel, 
Yeah. So that's it, it as far as I know. I mean, that, that's that, that, that's it. And, you know, but listen, we I mean, we as Americans, we uh, we uh, have been, again, conditioned by our to stigmatize sex. Yep. Certainly Absolutely. homosexual sex, and, 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 and but like, but you know, it's it's why like that would be rated as R, but someone could literally have their guts falling out on screen, and it's rated PG thirteen. And I'm like, um, people have sex all the time. Yeah, you know, definitely. Like people, like like, but 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 like people don't get, <laughs> you know, <laughs> disemboweled all the time. But we're like, oh no, that's that's fine. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you because, uh, oh, they're coming for you. I was about to say, do you hear those alarms? They're coming yeah, yeah, for they're me. coming for you. They um, come for me every day at 12. But I think that, um, I'm, I'm so, I mean, listen, I think there's a lot of room for big commercial things. I mean, I, there's nothing I love more than like being in a big movie theater for a Marvel movie, totally. but like, but independent stuff, like stuff where you're like, there's a lot of times that feels like truly you're being allowed to use your own voice. Absolutely. And As opposed seen. to a studio getting one. Yeah, and be seen for, for all seen. your wonderful, like, myriad gifts, you know. And isn't that what we all just want as people and artists to be seen? Absolutely. Well, I was watching um, Brene Brown's The Call to Courage uh, speech mm. on Netflix yesterday, and she was like, you know what the research shows the opposite of belonging is? It's fitting in. Mm. And I was like, so mind fucked because to belong yeah. you have to be seen and um for who you are without needing to mold and fitting in is mold. it's shaving okay i should say this because then these people this group will accept me i should put on these type of clothes or i should you know talk about this type of stuff and fitting in is you're abandoning parts of yourself where belonging is you're doing the opposite you're showing genuine parts of yourself and people are like yeah like i identify i identify like I connect with you. It's just so crazy. The opposite of belonging is fitting in. Like I, it just fucks. Well, they're my two mind. different actions. They're two they different are. actions. Yeah. Like one, 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 one is one is sort of curating who you are so that you can be part of a, of a larger group, you know, out of fear of like standing out, and the other one is coming into something with confidence, not ego, not ego, confidence, saying, "I, I deserve to be here." Yeah. You know, the, the I have to. I. I have something to offer as opposed to as opposed to I'm going to pare down what I have to offer so that I can have this opportunity. Like yeah. I deserve this opportunity because I have something of value. And so do you, and so do you, and so do you, you know, like that, no one's more valuable, but um, I, I love that. I love that she said that. And, uh, and she said, she said, I mean, she, that's one that's a sorcerer. You know, that's she, the stuff that she does is, is in, so insanely incredible. Yeah, it's true alchemy. Tally, I can't thank you enough for this chat. Like, it just, it's so grounding and sobering hearing the things that you have to share. Um, I want to ask, like, I feel like basically this episode was a lot of, like, guidance. But do you have any advice for anyone who is pursuing right now just a general rule of thumb or any mantras that you live by in this industry? Yes, uh, I, I, uh, I mean, there's, uh, there's a great uh, quote that Samuel Beckett has that I just learned in the last year and a half that I love. And it goes like this, uh, ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, 
fail better. There's this idea that we it all has to happen now. Yeah. That it's that it's a sprint. That it's the immediacy. That it's like like you're literally getting uh, uh, gratification in the moment. And if you trust that, and I, 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 I listen. I'm no expert on on acting or singing or being a human, but I just I, I'm interested in learning, and I'm interested in in people and celebrating who they are. And I, and I think that like if you celebrate who you are and and your worth, you know, then that's the biggest part of life, you know, because you you are worthy as an artist, as a human, as a partner, um, uh, as a friend, son, daughter, cousin. Uh, your uniqueness is, should be celebrated. And um, specifically as an actor or an artist, I think that you need to just trust that, you know, and, be, and, uh, and always have your eyes and ears and your heart open because other, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to be because that means there's not a lot, ton of lot uh, there's not a ton to learn then. Definitely. So keep, keep yourself open to like learning from people and, I mean, that's what art is, is like collaboration. Uh, it's um, no one does something so it doesn't it doesn't get seen because we want it to be absorbed and experienced. Even painters who just are painting in their studios by themselves, they're not doing it just to paint, you know, like like I mean, they might be doing it as an exercise. But in general, most of the time for writers, you're putting it out there because you want someone to experience through the prism of their own lives. You know? Yeah. Oh, so I just I, I just say that. I just say work, 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 like work hard be kind and celebrate yourself. You have so, you all have so much to offer. We all do. And don't let the, don't let anyone tell you different. You are worthy now, not next year when you've taken the class or like perfected uh, your extension or, you know, your, your voice, you're worthy now and just keep trust that and keep working. I mean, don't rest on your laurels, but know that, you know, Yeah. celebrate you. I love that. Um, where can we find you, Tally? Uh, you can find me in a story. No, you can find me on uh, social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter uh, at, at Tally Sessions, T-A-L-L-Y-S-E-S-S-I-O-N-S. And I also will tell you that um, sort of in line of the kinds of things we're talking about, I do a weekly uh, Instagram live with my friend uh, Broadway's David Josephsberg, who's one of the funniest people I've ever met. It's called Sessions with Josephsburg, and it's an hour every Wednesday, although we won't do it this week, and we'll do it Thursday next week because of scheduling, but it's, but it's a once-a-week Instagram Live, either on mine or David's, and we just do an hour of um, uh, singing and telling jokes, and we always try to find a person or an organization or an ideology that we feel is like worthy of spotlighting, like we talked a lot about voter registration how to be a better ally, uh, it's in, uh, at least in terms of like uh, Black Lives Matter and the recent um, rise in violence against Asian Americans, how to support trans lives. Um, but we just encourage people to, to come out there because it'll be, we're there to celebrate people and, and be kind. I do that once a week. And if you want to check out my website, it's, uh, it's only because this was the only one available. It's www.thetallysessions.com, which sounds so egotistical but that's what I could get from GoDaddy. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, check stuff out. Anyone ever needs voice lessons? I'm there. Teach acting. Yes. You can always reach Tally out Tally has the most, by the way, like I feel like you could kind of tell, but it's hard because you have AirPods. 
Your voice is so fucking rich and like soothing. Oh, you have you have one of those. Like people tell me all the time, your voice is so soothing, and I'm like, man, that's like really cool to hear. You have one of those voices. Like it's just so mm-hmm. rich and like, oh my god, Callie's voice. I always is, I, I want to do one of those. Uh, I want to do one of those. Um, you know, like the the sleep apps. So do I. Where, like where, where you were like, you're drifting off. You know. Let thoughts float out of your mind. We're going to have a collaboration. We're going to do a meditation collaboration, Tally and Aisha. Everybody watch out. That's right. We're going to, Aisha's going to, she's going to dance you to sleep and I'm going to sing you to sleep. (laughs) Tally, thank you so much again. It's my pleasure. Thank you. This was amazing. You're, I just think you're an absolute superstar of a human and, um, uh, I'm I'm so uh, proud to know you and impressed by you. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out our website, humanexperiencepodcast.com. Heads up, the A in human is an X. If you would like to connect with me directly, you can email me, humanexperiencepodcast at gmail.com. Again, the A in human is an X. Feel free to share any thoughts, comments, or if you would like to be on the show, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, folks.